My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, the story podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 176, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Isaiah 54 through 56 and Ezekiel 12 and 13. Isaiah 54. Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel, your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back. As if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit. A wife who married young, only to be rejected, says your Lord. For a brief moment, I abandoned you. But with deep compassion, I will bring you back. In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. To me, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, Never to rebuke you, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted, I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise. Your foundations with lapis lazuli, I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels and all your walls of precious stones. All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. In righteousness you will be established. Tyranny will be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. It will not come near you. If anyone does attack you, it will not be my doing. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. See, it is I who created the blacksmith, who fans the coals into flame and forges a weapon fit for its work. And it is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication for me, declares the Lord. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me, listen." 
that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but I will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be let forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. This is what the Lord says, Maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand, and my righteousness Will soon be revealed. Blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it, and keeps their hands from doing any evil. Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, The Lord will surely exclude me from his people. And let no eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. For this is what the Lord says To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me, and hold fast to my covenant, To them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to Him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be His servants, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it, and who hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain, and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Sovereign Lord declares, He who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them, besides those already gathered. Come, all you beasts of the field, come and devour, all you beasts of the forest. Israel's watchmen are blind. They all lack knowledge. They are like mute dogs. They cannot bark. They lie around and dream. They love to sleep. They are dogs with mighty appetites. They never have enough. They are shepherds who lack understanding. They all turn to their own way. They seek their own gain. Come, each one cries. Let me get wine. Let us drink our fill of beer, and tomorrow will be like today, or even far better. Ezekiel 12. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, you are living among a rebellious people. They have eyes to see, but do not see, and ears to hear, but do not hear. For they are a rebellious people. Therefore, son of man, pack your belongings for exile, and in the daytime, as they watch, set out and go from where you are to another place. Perhaps they will understand, though they are a rebellious people. During the daytime, while they watch, bring out your belongings, packed for exile." 
Then, in the evening, while they are watching, go out like those who go into exile. While they watch, dig through the wall and take your belongings out through it. Put them on your shoulder as they are watching and carry them out at dusk. Cover your face so that you cannot see the land, for I have made you a sign to the Israelites. So I did as I was commanded. During the day, I brought out my things, packed for exile. Then in the evening, I dug through the wall with my hands. I took my belongings out at dusk, carrying them on my shoulder while they watched. In the morning, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, did not the Israelites, that rebellious people, ask you, what are you doing? Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. This prophecy concerns the prince in Jerusalem and all the Israelites who are there. Say to them, I am assigned to you. As I have done, so it will be done to them. They will go into exile as captives. The prince among them will put his things on his shoulder at dusk and leave, and a hole will be dug in the wall for him to go through. He will cover his face so that he cannot see the land. I will spread my net for him, and he will be caught in my snare. I will bring him to Babylonia, the land of the Shaladons, but he will not see it, and there he will die. I will scatter to the winds all those around him, his staff and all his troops, and I will pursue them with drawn sword. They will know that I am the Lord when I disperse them among the nations and scatter them through the countries. But I will spare a few of them from the sword, famine, and plague, so that in the nations where they go, they may acknowledge all their detestable practices. Then they will know that I am the Lord. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, Tremble as you eat your food, and shudder in fear as you drink your water. Say to the people of the land, This is what the Sovereign Lord says about those living in Jerusalem and in the land of Israel. They will eat their food in anxiety and drink their water in despair, for their land will be stripped of everything in it because of the violence of all who live there. The inhabited towns will be laid waste, and the land will be desolate. Then you will know that I am the Lord." The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, what is the proverb you have in the land of Israel? The days go by and every vision comes to nothing. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm going to put an end to this proverb and they will no longer quote it in Israel. Say to them, the days are near when every vision will be fulfilled for there will be no more false visions or flattering divinations among the people of Israel. But I, the Lord, will speak what I will, and it shall be fulfilled without delay. For in your days, you rebellious people, I will fulfill whatever I say, declares the sovereign Lord. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man. The Israelites are saying, the vision he sees is for many years from now, and he prophesies about the distant future. Therefore, say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, none of my words will be delayed any longer. Whatever I say, will be fulfilled, declares the Sovereign Lord. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who are now prophesying. Say to those who prophesy out of their own imagination, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Woe to the foolish prophet who follows their own spirit and have seen nothing. Your prophet Israel are like jackals among ruins. You have not gone up to the breaches in the wall to repair it for the people of Israel so that it will stand firm in the battle on the day of the Lord. Their visions are false and their divinations a lie. Even though the Lord has not sent them, they say the Lord declares and expect him to fulfill their words. 
Have you not seen false visions and uttered lying divinations when you say, The Lord declares, though I have not spoken? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Because of your false words and lying visions, I am against you, declares the sovereign Lord. My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and utter lying divinations. They will not belong to the council of my people or be listed in the records of Israel, nor will they enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the sovereign Lord, because they lead my people astray, saying, Peace, when there is no peace. And because when a flimsy wall is built, they cover it with whitewash. Therefore, tell those who cover it with whitewash that it is going to fall. Rain will come in torrents, and I will send hailstones hurtling down, and violent winds will burst forth. When the wall collapses, will people not ask you, where is the whitewash you covered it with? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. In my wrath, I will unleash a violent wind, and in my anger, hailstones and torrents of rain will fall with destructive fury. I will tear down the wall you have covered with whitewash and will leave it to the ground so that its foundation will be laid bare. When it falls, you will be destroyed in it, and you will know that I am the Lord. So I will pour out my wrath against the wall and against those who covered it with whitewash. I will say to you, the wall is gone, and so are those who whitewashed it. Those prophets of Israel who prophesied to Jerusalem and saw visions of peace for her, when there was no peace, declares the sovereign Lord. Now, son of man, set your face against the daughters of your people who prophesy out of their own imagination. Prophesy against them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the woman who sew magic charms on all their wrists and make veils of various lengths for their heads in order to ensnare people. Will you ensnare the lives of my people, but preserve your own? You have profaned me among my people for a few handfuls of barley and scraps of bread. By lying to my people, who listen to lies, you have killed those who should not have died and have spared those who should not live. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I am against your magic charms with which you ensnare people like birds, and I will tear them from your arms. I will set free the people that you ensnare like birds. I will tear off your veils and save my people from your hands, and they will no longer fall prey to your power. Then you will know that I am the Lord, because you disheartened the righteous with your lies, when I have brought them no grief, and because you encouraged the wicked not to turn from their evil ways, and so saved their lives. Therefore, you will no longer see false visions or practice divination. I will save my people from your hands, and then you will know that I am the Lord. In Isaiah, we are reading what Dr. Mackey describes as the two responses to the act of the servant we've been reading about in the last few chapters. The servant is the one who will die and live again. Here we read how one response to this servant is to be a servant, to become a seed. Their response is humility and repentance. They are being promised the blessing, the messianic kingdom, for the purpose of being a blessing, a seed. For some, a seed might conjure up imagery of a seed that grows into a plant. And I think there's lots of wonderful metaphoric imagery of that in scripture. For me, I think it's interesting that my brain, this metaphor comes into my mind about from business, where we hear the term seed money or seed funding or seed capital, and that's an investment in exchange for equity. I think of the blessing of seed money to help your business 
be in the business of blessing your customers, their families, your employers, their families, and your community and their families, and how God is the sovereign equity shareholder, but that he called us into the story. This mission, we have a stake in it too. This pursuit, by design, that's what he wanted. Then I had mentioned two responses to the servant. The other, Dr. Mackey describes as the wicked, who are both against the servant and the servant of the servants. Mm, Not a great place to be. In Ezekiel, we just finished reading in chapters 8 through 11, this prophetic vision of a corrupt temple with idol worship in and around it, and then the presence of the glory of God, which we also read about in the beginning of Ezekiel. Remember in that vision, it was very dramatic and very cool. This presence was leaving the temple, going east toward Babylon. Yikes. This is a tragic tale of not only moral defection, but corruption, whereby the people have become what Marty Solomon describes as part of the antistory, where the place where God's presence lives is being used for idol worship. This is tracking with what we are reading. The idolatry of Israel will result in its total corruption. Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. And while it might look like God's presence leaving this place in abandonment or desertion, notice God's presence is moving in the direction towards the place where his people are being and will be captives in exile. He's going with us into exile. So even in judgment, he's going with us. There's just something so amazing about that. That's something to hold on to, in my opinion. It just goes back to the point we made a few days ago where two truths coexist. God is slow to anger, he's compassionate, and he also cannot let evil endure, and he is the judge. In my doctoral research, I remember coming across this idea of a paradox, and sometimes we found it in ethical behavior. I was very curious about this. So a paradox is when two statements or ideas are both true at the same time, but they seem absurd or as if they cannot exist at the same time. Yet that's why we have this concept of a paradox. It's logical, but it also feels unacceptable to us. There's a tension and something difficult about this. I know from social psychology research of consumer behavior, as humans, we are often driven by the consistency principle, meaning we want our thoughts and feelings to be aligned, or two feelings or two thoughts. We want them aligned in order to make a decision or have a strong opinion. I remember this one example in consumer behavior textbook I used where this girl was described as liking this boy. Then the boy got an earring, and this girl didn't like earrings on boys, yet she liked this boy. So she felt like she had to resolve her thoughts and feelings to align them. So which did she choose? To change what she felt about the boy or what she thought about boys wearing earrings? So the premise is that we have to choose, and we have to have our thoughts and feelings aligned. I'm not sure if it's hard for every culture or every personality, but I find that it's difficult, yet what the scripture keeps pointing to regarding the nature of God. He is both slow to anger, compassionate, and loving, but he also hates a dislocated heart, one of that's hard, full of idolatry and adultery, violence and injustice. 
God cannot and will not let evil endure. I'm not sure about you, but I feel my thoughts and feelings want to wrestle with this. Well, which one is more important? Which one should I be practicing when? When is there one or the other? Can these be prescribed or always known? The if and when? Anyway, but then I realize my line of questioning is looking for certainty, control, prescription, not surrender, and faith to hold fast these two very clear and patterned out things about God's nature. He is slow to anger and compassionate, and he is not going to let evil endure. He is and will judge, and it often leads to exile. But I also note that God goes with us, with them, in exile. He promises his people here a remnant. He will not only bring home, but transform. And we keep reading about how he'll shake mountains, and there's this process of refinement. And in it, somehow, God moves and transformation happens removing a heart of stone and replacing it with a soft heart of flesh, one that can shema, we've been reading. Then Dr. Mackey describes how in the chapter we read today, chapter 12, all the way through 24, we read 12 and 13 in Ezekiel today, our specific judgments of Israel after giving the glimmer of hope that is and remains a true thread. I think even more so in chapters 12 and 13, the emphasis is on the leaders of Israel, especially the spiritual ones. We see this repeated message against pretending you are giving God's message. Because remember, a prophet is not a fortune teller, but a person selected by God to give a message, a word to a specific people in a specific context and time. These prophets were acting that were described more like fortune tellers, and chapter 13 calls them out for giving messages that were framed as if they were from God, but they were from these influential leaders' imaginations. It's being described as a whitewashing of a wall. It's not just that the lies are distracting, but as Ezekiel is sharing here, it is because it ensnares and encourages the wicked to not turn from evil and to continue their drift and moral defection. And this one got me. It also disheartens the righteous. How often have you felt disheartened when we have read in the media about another Christian leader who has made some grievous mistake in and through their positions of influence? I don't know about you, but I find it disheartening. More parables and allegories of judgment against Israel to come tomorrow from Ezekiel. So much to reflect on in our own hearts and our own lives and in how we do things. Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.